Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds. Budget Blinds! Did you know? Did I know? Budget Blinds is your home for enlightened style shades. They are all hail, our robot shade overlords. I feel like I need to, you know, some kind of sane all hail thing. No, we're good. We're fine. I would say this. Look. I need to show my loyalty. Proper. Well, we all know. We keep making this ad. We know. They know how loyal we are to them and how loyal they are to us. But also, and I think more importantly, how dedicated they are to giving people the highest quality, like blinds, window treatments, home deck, interior decoration stuff, you name it. They're going to be the people that can help you get from where you are to where you want to be through the security, the ease of access, the fun tech parts, all of those things about your Enlightened Style Shades. And they've been doing it right in our community for 20 years, Jason. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to our friends at Budget Blinds. And Jason, I got something else. What's that? Do you know? Where you can go to meet our robot shade overlords? I believe that they have a store right in the heart of downtown Lee Summit. So go see our friends. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. The Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is also brought to the good people by Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty, another local company celebrating 20 years of service. This is our, maybe, is this our standard that we have to, everybody has to reach to be able to get into the podcast other than, you know, like pay us money, uh, is, uh, is yeah. to, to be, to get the advertising. They've got to be 20. They got to be legit and have to be here for 20 years. And Kathy, I don't have the highest. Day. Wait, at Kelly no, yeah, Williams Re- Realty is that level of legit 20 years of serving people look through the ups and downs. And there have been some downs in the market over the last 20 years. I think we can all refer to the 2008 time frame when everything was a disaster. She was here then she helped people then she's helping people now when the market is hot and maybe even starting to come off of the super hot, but it's still a great time to visit our friends at ask Kathy. If you, if you are ready to buy or sell a home here in Lee summit, they are the ones to go to. All you got to do, Jason. Tell them Jason Nick sing it. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who probably should have eaten more chili this weekend. I'm, I'm of the opinion that I should always eat more chili. It's I Nick, love chili. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Chili Fest was this weekend. We'll touch on that here in a minute, but uh, you know, I would say this. We worked. We worked. I'm going to be big, giant air quotes on worked uh, on that this weekend, but really, I feel like I should have eaten more chili. But that's a, I think that's a fair, fair estimate, no matter how much you ate. Right. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't. We didn't eat a lot. Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city, and our unofficial sponsor is Early Freeze Panic. Ah! Get those plants in, people. Get them in. I don't want your philodendron to die. I'm okay. <laughs> you know, they're just plants. In the end. Well, we uh, well and, I, and also, it should be noted that, that, that my wife and I, you have decidedly black thumbs. Well, yeah, we are not good with the plant life. And so, you know, we are probably worse than the freeze. We could walk by your plants at your home and they might just wilt and die. Just just the aura of us. <laughs> we're so bad with plants. Bad we're, plants. We're, we're, we're thinking of just switching to all fake plants in our house. <laughs> That's fair. Fair. Fair enough. So, Nick, what's going on, man? Hey, well, look, you, you just mentioned it. Chili Fest was last weekend. Another another really cool uh, community event. Supports local nonprofits. We love helping those out. You and I, we didn't cook this year. We decided we were just going to focus on 
playing music, being the MC and announcers. It was a lot, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was the first time you helped me do that job. Right. Actually. Well, it's because the last times you've been doing that and and quote unquote cooking and you had and to cook for me. There was no I, I got no help on the cooking end uh, <laughs> at all from you and did not. Yeah. So we we decided one task was enough for our simple brains. Right. Hey, and I think our playlist was a hit. We had some good music rocking. Yeah, we had a few requests. We had a few requests, which came with more including, donations, including from a young woman raining tacos. Oh, she was the cutest. She girl. was very darling. Begging, begging, and when she got it. She danced, and then she asked for it again. <laughs> but, hey, you know, the request came with donations, and, and Jason, this event helped the Lee Summit Jazz Orchestra, Coldwater of Lee Summit, Developing Potential. So these are really good local nonprofits that are that are doing some good work in the community. I don't have the official numbers yet from, from the event, but I'm going to guess – I think we probably exceeded last year's total. It was a good, I, it was a very steady crowd the whole day. I mean, like, so there was like people like the whole time. It, we didn't have a huge rush of folks or anything. It was really, but it was a good event, a lot of fun, uh, you know, and the people who come for that, the Cassie folks were very helpful. Those uh, are the pros, by the way. The pros who came like, and the cooked The Cassie it. are like the people that do the chili circuit. We were trying to start some sort of intra-family fighting, and it didn't work. They still loved each other at the end, the father <laughs> and son duo. And at the first and second place in the Cassie was a mother and daughter. Which we didn't know it was mother-daughter. We didn't and even know it was mother-daughter. We would have tried to foment that rivalry, but we didn't even know it was happening until it was too late. And I found out afterwards. She won it. The daughter won. The daughter won. She had never placed above, I believe, 10th. Ah, so not only did she get above her mom, which was cool, I'm sure, for her, but she also she also won. So she got first prize and a whole bunch of points towards getting to qualify for the Terlingua Chili Cook-Off later on, I guess, in next year. So. And here's, here's the other cool part. In both of those family duels, the younger generation won out. Power to the kids, man. The, we, we did a, uh, we did a uh, People's Choice Award this year for the first time. So people who were going around tasting got to vote with their dollars for their favorite chili. In the father-son battle, which we had a lot of fun with, playing with those two the entire time. But the, the son won. Well, he didn't win the People's Choice, but he beat out his dad. He beat out his dad. By one dollar. By a dollar. So that was good. And the, and the winner of the People's Choice won by one dollar over the uh, That's true. Over the, the deal there. So that I, was a, it was a good show. It was a good time. I hope, uh, you know, I, I know that we've, it seemed a little light on chili cookers this year, but I'm sure that that will be something we, uh, that will be rectified in the future years. It's a good event for everybody. Jason, before we get to our special guest this week, a couple things happened at City Council. Why don't you run us through that? I think the first one probably we're talking about is a new apartment development that's going in at the corner of Douglas and Tudor, so across the street from Lee Summit North High School, also across the street from the police station. Right there at the southwest corner. That's right. So that's uh, that, you know, that, that has sat. Vacant isn't the right word, but underutilized for a long, long time. And then they extended Tudor and made uh, the rules. So that was there. Uh, the same developer who's who's doing, uh, who did the city, uh, the Elevate 114 uh, apartments here downtown is proposing a it's smallish complex, but not I'm uh, not like small, but I mean like it's not a huge development um, there at that corner. They were there for an incentive request um, to talk about like a partial abatement and some other things. I, I don't want to bore the world with the details of all that, but it's that proposal was there. They had that conversation. They also had some of the planning documents started to kind of work through all of those bits and pieces as they go through. That one caused, I think, when it first was proposed, a little consternation and like public comments and from some members of city council. 
Um, I don't think there's anything particularly controversial about it at this point. Um, we didn't have, it's not near any other sort of established residential neighborhoods. So, or like really close to that. So there wasn't, there, you didn't get any of your sort of, I would call it typical nimbyism from some of the, some of those folks and what have you. So it's, it's a little bit different, but it's something that's out there and it's a development that's kind of been a prime spot that the city I know has really wanted to get something there that will generate some, some revenue and some activity for quite a long time. And so it looks like that's coming along. The other thing was um, there, there are a couple of downtown things. Uh, one, just, on the note, Arcade Alley um, had their plans and presentation out for essentially taking their parking lot and turning it into an outdoor uh, space. Expanding the patio area. Expanding their patio area, putting a roof over it so it'll be a little bit more weatherproof and, and all of those sorts of things. Interesting. Cool pictures. Looks like a cool development. Who doesn't love cool pictures? And, you know, it, it got me on a whole parking rant, which I'm not going to share on the podcast. So <laughs> we're going to leave that one for a different day, perhaps. But, uh, but anyway, so there was some... Uh, that one out there. And then there was an update on sort of what's happening or where in the process we are on the uh, downtown market plaza, spacey, mixed space, uh, skating rink, fireworks, festival, apartment buildings, and office. I don't know. The big thing on Green Street across from City Hall that's being um, proposed, um, just where they are in those sorts of processes. And it very, very dry, that particular update. <laughs> I think you know they they're still talking about their designs, but this was a lot of this was a lot of just setting things up so that they could start, right. like they could get to the point where they're gonna they're gonna tear down some of the stuff, save right. some of it, start to do some work. Look at some t- uh, look at some potential tax credits that they can apply right. for and things of that nature. Going through all of that stuff, like I said, really dry, but it just showing I think just coming in saying, hey, here's where we are. These are the time frames we expect to be doing these next things. Um, which is good because this is a, you know, this is part of that project that we voted on in 2013 for, you know, as, as our, as your guest columnist will occasionally remind us, uh, that that's been out there for a long time. So this is something that the public has, you know, asked, asked for a piece of this and is working through that whole deal. And like, this is the big progress that we'll be finally seeing it start to happen. Okay. Jason, one last thing before we get to our special guest. I want everybody to stay tuned. Come back to Lee Summit Town Hall next Wednesday. We're going to have a special town hall announcement. Jason, who do we got this week? We have uh, Dr. David Buck. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Uh, He is currently, as I understand it, the superintendent of the Lee Summit R7 School District. Um, you may have heard his name before. Now, he came in. Uh, he came in. We, we recorded this last week in studio, which is cool because we actually we've got, never had him in studio. No, we got to see David Buck in person. Because he came to the district right as the pandemic was getting going. Right. And so we've had him on the show, but it's always had to be. It's always Zoom. Over, over video. So yeah. it was nice to finally get him in here in the studio where we could sit one-on-one and, and look the the. Off-air conversations were just as enlightening as as when we hit the record button. To, and I will to say, do what what you guys are going to hear the, right now. This conversation is is I think something. It's a little bit. It's almost celebratory because like it's like almost back to normal and what have you. And so I think that that kind of comes through in a lot of what we're talking about. So this is Dr. David Buck. We are here with Dr. David Buck, the superintendent of Lee Summit R Seven Schools. Dr. Buck, how are you today? Doing fantastic and glad to be here. Awesome. Glad to hear it. So we're going to, we just, we, we get to have you, we get to have you on the podcast every now and again, and this is our, our opportunity to do so. I think it's great. It's actually, we finally get him in the studio. This That's is true. not over video this time. This is our first non-Zoom 
uh, interview or discussion with you on, uh, on the podcast. So we're excited to have you here and you get to get out of the office, which I'm sure is a lovely time for you on a Friday afternoon when we're recording this. Yeah, and I'm in a nice low chair, so I might need help getting out. My office chair is not quite this comfortable. We will. We There's will, also a taco uh, truck outside, so if we need to bribe you to stay longer, we yeah, can do we that. we can ply you with food. So, Doctor Mike, we just want to uh, get a catch up. Obviously, this is I I I shudder. I, I I'm very loath to call anything post pandemic at this point, but like we're we're really this is a full year of normalish stuff going on. So I guess we'll start there. What all like talk to us about the school year. Like we'll just start with that like the first part of the school year. How is it? Is it is it like normal sort of ish any now? You know, I had an hour and a half this morning with my teacher advisor committee and also had an hour and a half with administrative uh round table. Uh and they all said the same thing. It's the smoothest, quietest start of a school year I can ever remember. I've been in education for twenty seven years now. It's been incredibly smooth. Kids are ready to learn. And it's just been a wonderful vibe in all the buildings. That is, I mean, that is um, terrible headlines. <laughs> Everything's fine. Is is, But no, I think it's that's excellent news to hear. I'm sure you guys are welcoming it, especially after the last couple of years of uh, a lot of unknowns. I guess we'll call it that one. Do you feel like you're getting to find, I mean, you know, you started, you came in as the world was ending and the sky was falling. Do you feel like now you're, you're, you're able to, look at things that you were wanting to tackle and you were wanting to do as you came into the district? Is it, is it, I think so. Yes. I would answer that. It's definitely yes, but we were also still educating kids the whole time. And it's just trying to educate kids in a very shifting sands, if you will. And that those, those sands have stopped shifting and it, it's much easier now to focus on uh, the big rocks and we were focused on them before, but you had all these distractors. Yeah, I can't imagine the distractions that were I mean, it, that were there as you're trying to do that it, job, which is look, you know, educating the kids is not an easy thing in, you know, we'll say the normal years, right? I it's mean, a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful career and, and you know, if there's young people listening to this, it is an amazing career and I encourage you to consider it. Uh and it's very rewarding uh in a lot of ways. I mean, um, I, I have kids now in their, who I coached and taught and they're in their forties and they have their own kids. And, and, and it's, a, you know, the connection you have because of, uh, what you meant to young people when you're teaching is an amazing career. How often is superintendent, how often do you get to see the kids? I'm in a building almost every single day, um, right now. And so we are, one of the things I'm doing is a little speaker tour. And so I think I've had 40 speaking engagements in buildings, uh, already this school year since the start of school year. So Quite a bit. We went as a team. We haven't done that before as a, a leadership team and went to multiple buildings and popped in about a dozen classrooms each. It's been a, a good portion of a day doing that and kind of reflecting on what we're seeing and how is it connecting to the work. But quite a bit, actually. That, that sounds awesome. I, mean, I don't think I hear that very often about about district leadership superintendents those things getting out and seeing that getting to kids. getting to get out well, like, yeah, like actually doing it well yeah. and when you talk about that remember we got 25 traditional buildings and we have a bunch of other buildings so if i go to one building a day it's still i mean it's more than a that's month like two months it's like building. two months of meetings before <laughs> yes. you're yeah, yes. before you can rotate so that's uh, so if you haven't been visited by dr buck yet people don't be upset he's he's gonna get there He's going to get there before too long. Well, so Dr. Do you Buck, get a tour bus like John Madden used to have? We, we did that for uh, – we changed board orientation for new board members last time um, to do a, a bus tour. And we're like, you know, instead of a bunch of talking heads in a room, it feels like a fire hose of here's what all these different departments, uh, you know, they, they work on and, they, and, and what they answer to. And instead we said let's split us all up and we'll do it by buildings and we'll – 
drive a bus and go to, you know, Pleasantly Elementary. And then while we're walking, those two departments will speak about what what's it look like and how they support this. And then, you know, let's go to Lee Summit North. And then that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And we keep doing more and more of that. We, you know, we had our legislator day um, this, uh, this week uh, and it was fan, you know, we had state legislators, we had uh, county officials, we had officials from the city of Lee Summit, from Greenwood, from Lake Lottawana. And not only did we give a district update and a bond update, but then we took a tour and they got to go into classrooms and see the good things we got going on. We have a builder realtor day. We'll do next month to do the same thing. We've never done that before again, because they're sometimes they're the first people our new community members bump into, and it gives them a chance to uh, see what's going on here. At least some, it's already a, a school district is already a selling point for them. Uh, in fact, we get contacted by uh, developers often with when they're on the edge and there's partly in our district and partly in another district. Hey, can you annex? And no, we can't. Uh, but <laughs> so we know it's a selling point for them, but you know, let's help them see what's going on because they're some of the first people that our newest members meet. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the school year. What's new in 2022, 2023 that is exciting that you, this is like literally, this is our red carpet out for you, Dr. Buck, to talk about the cool stuff you want to talk about. So what, what's jumping to mind when you are, uh, when you're talking about or thinking about what's new at the school year? Well, there's quite a bit new. Um, obviously, East Trails Middle School is a brand new middle school, so we have four middle school for the first time. And with that, um, we're, you know, we have over 3.4 million square foot of facilities uh, when oh, we oh, added oh, that on. That's a, uh, big, you, that's a big number. It is a big number. And with that move, though, we also moved sixth grade up, and so that has gone incredibly smooth. I know that was probably anxious for some parents, but I can't tell you how many parents have said, I was really worried about sixth grade going up. But it is awesome. They have so many more things to get involved in. They're getting um, some exploratory classes they couldn't initially get elementary level. Um, we created a more D league, if you will, development league uh, pieces for athletics. Um, so I think there's 16 volleyball uh, teams right now in middle schools before you get to um, the competition level. So they're competing against just each, each other in, within the district. So a lot of new pieces along with just adding that fourth uh, middle school. That's really cool. So I'm assuming the building's open. Everything's running fairly well. I'm certain there's new bugs in the building, but we're not going to talk about that stuff. Right. Like, and everything's great with that and, and all that. How have people handled the, you know, anytime you did this, and I know that was a long process of the the, the, the district line adjustments, how, how everybody seemed to be smoothed out about that, or how did that process go? Yes, I think there's still anxiety about uh, middle schools going to different high schools. Um, at some point, you had to make a decision, so the school right. board made their decision. Yeah, four, four does not go into three, like one-to-one. That's no, it does not. <laughs> So it doesn't matter what they chose. We're going to have that. It's just what flavor your particular neighborhood had mm -hmm. on there. And I will just add, not only did East Trails open up, and, and I'll, I'm going to brag about it for a second, and then I want to talk about the other three middle schools and some of the other projects. But the middle school, East Trails Middle School, might be the smartest design middle school I've ever been into. There's a 1,000 kids in the building, and it never feels like a 1,000 kids. It's in a pod system. Uh, it's a family-like feel to it, and it always feels like a two 300-kid school when you're in it with the kids in it. Um, so it's a very wise uh, design, so we're very grateful for that. But the other three middle schools had expansions and renovations too. Um, Pleasant Lee Middle School has quite a bit of new classroom space up front in the fine arts area, um, a lot brighter downstairs next to the library. For those who have been in there, there's some collaboration space that was created down below. Um, you know, Bernard Campbell, their cafeteria has opened up. They have some collaboration space. They have additional classrooms down in, and down in the basement area um, that's, you know, fantastic looking like it's always been there. And same with uh, uh, Summit Lakes. And so all of them have had additions and um 
and, and including with classroom space, lighting, um, opening. Summit Lakes, maybe the biggest deal with them is if you ever was in there when they had lockers, they had lockers in the middle of the hallways, not on the walls, but in the middle. And middle school kids, some of them were shorter than those lockers. <laughs> so it had all these sight lines. Now it's this big, open, wide hallways with 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 various seating. It's it's a wonderful field. They did a really nice job with that. I, I, I feel like lockers are not the big deal they were when no. we were that age. The, oh, good. You almost go. don't need the locker space anymore, right? Well, even if you uh, encourage them to use it, some kids don't use their lockers. They, they just carry everything. Everything in a giant backpack and lug <laughs> it around. I've seen a lot of that, yeah. Yes. Are we are we moving away from all of those books too? Though I mean, I feel like There's you know, a place. my kid comes home and he does not have as many books as I seem to remember I had. It depends. It, it, there's a place for textbooks. Don't get me wrong, and and so it depends on what the class and what the curriculum and what resources we have supporting it. So it, it's a kind of a mix and a blend of that. Yeah. So uh, so we have new buildings or and upgraded buildings, so we can make all the middle schoolers feel welcome and expanded and happy. What, what other kinds of programs are starting up or maybe changed so, or, or something that's going on? Program-wise, and then I can go back to bond issue if you want more updates in there, but one of the big pieces we had addition this year was uh, Algebra 1. So Algebra 1, before there was only one type of Algebra 1. You took a book-based Algebra 1. Well, now there's something called Amped Up Algebra. You could choose two, and it's part of I just with, got scared. It's no, this you'll like it. This is this is math for you. Nate. It's oh, okay. it's partnered with a business class, and so instead of just learning the algebra one functions, you're learning them embedded into a business you're running. So they're running screen print shop businesses out of each high school and learning the same algebra pieces. And we're going to build that the next year, uh, and the board will vote on next week actually on on this uh, having a facility at each high school of geometry and construction. So you could choose a book geometry course, or you could choose one partnered with practical arts and. You'll learn the same concepts, but not from a book. You'll learn them, well, there will be a book, but you'll learn them by hands-on application of building a shed or whatever it might be that they're going to work on. It's going to have shop setting, classroom setting, bay doors. They can, when it's nicer, they can work outside as well. Um, so it'll be an applied geometry and a geometry. Learning the same exact concepts, uh, but the idea that we have different types of learners, different types of careers that would benefit from both. Let's help kids choose which one they want. I feel like that would have been amazing. I I struggled with math stuff. Jason was is the nerd of us. I'm, he I'm he, lo- he loves the math things. But for me, it was like understanding the processes was always hard. So I think it sounds to me like, oh, having something that really puts it in perspective, this is how I'll use it, makes a lot of sense. You know, think back. It's not as scary. You math probably, scares me. Think about Pythagorean theorem. I don't know if you know Pythagorean theorem anymore, but here's the application you probably know. If you're going to build something, you're going to do a three, four, five triangle to make sure it's a right angle. So if you're building a deck on the back of your house, you're using Pythagorean theorem to make sure it's square. And so some kids, they're going to benefit from that type of learning hands-on instead of just from the book. Right, right. I mean, that, it, it I sounds so much more appealing to me. I, look, <laughs> I, I spent time this week uh, with one of my children talking about, you know, the uh, alternate interior angles are congruent. Like, and that was like a flashback nightmare from 35 <laughs> years ago. So, I, yeah, I got you. That's, but I remembered, which is why I'm the weirdo. And, you know, you're, you're the one that, like, you know, needs a preps, like, needed a different route at that time. So that's really cool. So that's something new in terms of, like, just sort of a curriculum theory that we're, we're, we're giving these experiences in different ways for, for these students. Correct. Uh, one of the things that I've been pushing since I've came also is to create more opportunities and get more participation in clubs and activities and sports. If you look, one of the highest correlates to successful career is that you participate in two or more co- or extracurricular activities in high school. 
Uh, well, in order to do that, we need to build a culture when we're younger. So our buildings have been great about this. We're creating clubs. Some of them do it even during a school day, um, uh, once or twice a week, um, trying to get kids participating in things outside of their traditional coursework. Um, and that has expanded, expanded to the point that, you know, we, you know, we have Special Olympics teams that we never had before. And we had a, a nice event called Choose to Include with the Kansas City Chiefs. They brought out a former players and, and cheerleaders and their drum line and, you know, Casey Wolf. And we had an activity day for some of our kids who have uh, uh, you know, greater physical challenge would qualify them for Special Olympics, um, got to participate in a Choose to Include event. So we're going to continue to expand that, and hopefully all kids will get involved um, as we move forward. All right, well, so let's, you, you mentioned going back to the bond issue. You want to, uh, There was some more there that you wanted to share with us. So bond issue, uh, everything has been approved or done, uh, completed, uh, that was promised in the bond issue. And that so, was the, the – I mean – the big bond issue that was like the largest bond issue in the history of the second largest. Sorry, I know people made such a big deal of its size at the time and uh, and what have you. So I just wanted to make sure that and people remember which bond issue. Yep, the twenty twenty bond issue. So Lee Summit High School is still in progress. It's probably about seventy percent done when we started the school year. But you can inside the building where the places have been redone is amazing. Right now you're seeing that connection between A and B building. So the old. Uh, uh, crossway that you went inside is gone and they're building uh, the above uh, piece and you can see the spines coming along nicely. Much of the B building and A building are already done. So about 70% of it's done. Uh, so that should be still, uh, we should be good for the start of school next year uh, to be completed. And that's the biggest piece. The second biggest piece was East Trails Middle School and that's all completed, including the sp sports complex for the baseball field um, and softball field for Lee Summit High School. You had the renovations of three middle schools. Mason Elementary, I don't know if people had been in it before. Um, I can't describe how transformative it was. It's a 1940s building. You go inside. Once you're inside, you can't tell it's a 1940 building. It's state-of-the-art, just beautiful. And it had addition done to it as well. Um, the last piece of that big promise um, outside of the athletics and, and of course, uh, safety pieces with the secure entrances and cameras upgrades would be the uh, – um, uh, early Childhood Center, a second one, so Paradise Park. That was approved in the uh, last month in September, so that should still be on track to open up next fall. So the inside of the building is being renovated uh, to be preschool, Head Start, and it will be a high school course there um, as well. And then what's being considered here at this next board meeting is the outside, I'll call it Paradise Park 2, if you will, because <laughs> that's additional. It's above and beyond what was promised, um, that we've been good fiscal managers of our, our bond dollars we can afford to do. Um, and with that would be uh, the firehouse as part of that pro uh, property. I don't know if most people knew that, that white firehouse. That would become a, a classroom space with animals and such that high school kids, um, like they choose to go to STA or Herndon or Cass Center, they can come there for half a day learning uh, environmental ed kind of uh, uh, programming. And then the afternoons on a rotation, every kindergarten through fifth grader, would have a culminating science project multiple a year where they would come to Paradise Park and do their science, a culminating science project hands-on. And so every, almost every single day we'd have a different elementary, different grade coming over there and, and utilizing the 14 acres, 14 plus acres that are there. So we're pretty excited about that piece. Other additional things we were able to do with bond dollars because we we're good fiscal managers of dollars is we approved Miller Park. Um, getting upgrades. Miller Park's been everything in the district. It's been an elementary, a middle school, high school, central office. And right now it serves our, our probably our most uh, students' most needs. Um, so we have three different programs, including a 18 to 21-year-old program. 
And so we had two trailers there. We moved one of our programs for just this year to Prairie View Elementary. We're going to build them a building, get them out of the trailers, and do upgrades to the building so we can utilize the second story. So I'm pretty excited about that project. And, again, that should be done and completed by the fall. That's that's a lot going on at a quick <laughs> yes. – despite everything that happened to be – Checking all that off of the bond issue list seems seems like you, you still just, were able to in move. just just about three a little over three years by the time and this is including the extra stuff right that we're talking yeah right these, and then these, you know, of course we're good stu- the good steward projects and there's know. a lot of details of obviously we we've added on within pieces of that right and so it has been a wonderful time it how, has how much fun has it been for you and your teams to look at at the Paradise Park piece. To be able to to have somebody in the community that, that can make a deal with the district, here is a ton of land, a couple of buildings, blank slate. I mean, how much how how beneficial has that been for you and your team to think outside the box on some things? Not just our team. So we've brought kids in. So we brought, say, uh, high school kids from West Art Programs came in, and they've redesigned the putt-putt golf. Now, that won't be done next fall, but at some point we'll use their designs. Um, North, Some of the kids out of North, they, they had their art class and their uh, engineering kids partner to redesign some of that putt-putt golf. Um, so they, you know, you know, put different things and themes on it to match what the rest of the property is being used. So it's actually high school kids. We've also brought in thought partners throughout the bi-state area, including conservation department, the YMCA, um, and a very, you know, the Venters uh, uh, Museum, people like that to help us think about what we can do and imagine what the, we can do there to help out, uh, you know, our kids' growth patterns. And so I think one of the strengths, at least some of it's the fifth largest high school in, in Missouri. We passed St. Louis last year, enrollment. and But we also offer more opportunities in the other district. And, and uh, it's a wonderful destination place. And How cool is that that the planning part of it also became part of your education? 100%. You pulled out your engineering students, your art students, and it's not just we're going to create this for you. You're going to help create it for the next students. We want to create more client-connected projects. We're trying to encourage that um, with, with other industries, but we also need to create them. Um, and, and we have, a, you know, 260 businesses right now that partner with us. And they're very interested in doing more and more with us. Um, I'll, I'll pick one, JCI, which is just, you know, across the, the highway from here. And JCI, uh, they manufacture water pumps. And, and they're, they're, they're in need of employees just like everybody else is in this world right now. So last year we partnered with them. And they started sending employees one day a week to Lee Summit North, working with our kids teaching them the skills, and if the parts were built, good, uh, met the specs, they could actually be used in parts. They then created, we created a registered youth apprenticeship, so we're one of the only maybe 15 registered youth apprenticeships in the state of Missouri, and so our kids are going over there, they can get high school credit while getting paid, working there, and so they've already hired, I think, they've hired two full-time folks um, at their graduated last year, so that partnership with businesses is, is an important piece for us, and it's important to create a pipeline for kids as well. Don't get me wrong. I want my dentist to go to college. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want them to know what they – but I, not college is not for every kid, and we need to help find every kid's pathway because ultimately we want every uh, kid to become an adult that any of us would be proud to call our neighbor. Well, you just made the segue for me. <laughs> so right. This was one of the topics I, w- I, I did want to talk to you about because I've been learning the last several months – about your, and, and I'm going to get it wrong again, it's a career navigator program. Correct. I always forget the navigator word for some reason. But where you, you're they're creating these business partnerships, but they're working with students to find their best path forward, whether that's go to college, go to a trade school, maybe jump right into business. All of these different things that, that the district, and 
we're probably seeing other districts do it, but we're just going to talk about Lee Summit being awesome. Um, we're, we're not doing what we did for 50 years, which was we're going to send you to college. We're going to get you through high school, and then you're done and you go to college. Yeah, that's a misnomer. I'm, I'm 49. School looks nothing like when I was a kid. It, it, it's a sit-and-get model has been gone for quite a while, and I think that's a misnomer people have. But you're 100% right. Uh, Nick, we're, we're old and stuck in an old model. <laughs> so, you know. Wait, that's like a theme of the well, show. Well, you've been in the model the whole time as it's changed. Those of us, we've been, we've been on the Fair outside, enough. so we, we, we're full of misconceptions. By the way, we should give you guys a tour, so you have something to talk about next show. You should come over, and we'll give you a tour. You should well, get here's, trails. Here's a secret hint. We've got the Career Navigators coming next week. There you go. Now, with the Career Navigator, so last year, we, that was a new position. So uh, working with Shannon Booth, we tripled the number of folks working in CTE that report to her. Um, and that included the what Career Navigator. What does that stand for? A CTE Career Technical Education. Okay. So Shannon Booth is one who's our director of that group. And so we, we restructured. We actually went down in total staff, but we added uh, positions that report to her. And through that, we have folks uh, that, that are helping us problem solve, like, Every high school kid, you know, not every, I'm overstating, thinks they want to be on, a, I'm, I'm acting like I'm typing, wants to be on a computer and their career needs to be on a computer. Well, most of them have never had a tool in their hands to do drills and saws and such. So let's get kids exposed younger to see, do I like working with my hands or not? And so we have now are, are creating a We Build program where we have a, a long uh, trailer to pull behind a truck to go to elementaries that are high school kids will prep projects and, and kids we can get, put them together hands on. That way you say, oh, I love having a hammer in my hand or a, a screwdriver or not because many kids are bumping into that as much as probably we did when we were younger because um, we want to help you find your pathway. But another part of that is not only help them find out what you like to do through RIASEC, which they'll talk about next next uh, episode, and I'll let them uh, go deep into that, um, but also how to explore in middle school, and then high school, how do we partner to, to create these pathways, and those career navigators, what we realized, I realized many years ago, is that we have amazing high school counselors who are busy as can be, and they don't have time to go out and partner with businesses and come back in and make those connections, because they have a lot to go, have going on, so let's create a different position they can just do that only. So they go out to businesses, but they also come bring businesses to kids. They find connections. Um, so that piece has been great, creating internships and client-connected projects and finding ways for businesses to partner with us, like I said, with JCI or other groups. Is this similar to, and I might be drawing a connection that doesn't really exist, but is this is this similar to what we were just talking about with math? There are different ways to learn, and that now we're recognizing, too, there are different paths to 100%. the kids' future. 100%. That's exactly right. And so some some pathways look very, it's very easy. It's very seamless. So our engineering kids at Summit Tech Academy partnering with the city and creating a project um, with the city, That's that, that connection is really easy, right? It's very simple to, to see how that could happen. We just have to connect the dots. Other ones, we got to really work and say, all right, you need X. Can we do that here? Um, so if you think about it, we always have looked for that. So our Aerospace Academy, which is in its second year, is, is considered one of the best in the nation already. Um, that came from business partners saying, we have a need in aviation, whether you're talking about avionics or pilots or whatever it might be. So we have seven pathways now. Um, but how do we do that for smaller businesses and other opportunities? So these career navigators are doing that and helping create these client-connected projects so kids can work on and solve problems. And that's so if we think about we have something we call Diploma Plus. Kauffman Foundation kind of created this real-world learning push in 2019. And 
they looked at four different areas and they say, if you get one of these four, you, we consider you having a market value asset when you, when you graduate. So one of it's a level of college degree credits, right? And so we, we've always done well at that. Um, then it's internships, uh, industry recognized certificates, or uh, client connected projects. So up until last year, the highest we'd ever gotten was 50% of our graduates receiving that. Last year with our career navigators, making sure we connect these dots, it jumped to 72% of our graduates. That's a big jump. It's a huge jump, and our goal is to get to 100%. We are the leaders in the metro area. Uh, Kansas City metro area is considered a leader in the nation in this real-world learning. There's people from Boston and other areas who come in and try to figure out what we're doing, and we're the leaders in the metro as far as, as, as what we've achieved so far, and we want to keep keep it that way. How does that look going forward? What are the things that you're looking at? We're constantly looking for ideas of a way we can gain. So let me give you an example of that. Um, I was at a meeting not that long ago and heard that our city hired 38 firemen last year. 38. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, if they do that every year, we should probably figure out how we can plug into that. And cause, you know, firemen, that's a good career. It's a valuable career. It's a, a rewarding career. And so we started you know, visiting with them. How can we create a pipeline? Now all of a sudden I have Kansas City Fire Department and some others uh, coming in, as well as other districts who want to send kids to us. And we're trying to create a fire one, fire two, and EMT program. So a kid after two years is, is ready to go. Um, so we're constantly looking for ideas. If people have them, please reach out to myself, Shannon Booth, or, any, or one of these career navigators you're going to hear about next week. We're always looking for ways to create partnerships to help out kids and to help out our local employers. How does how do how do these kind of partnerships and, and, and programs are they different than it seems very similar to what's happening at Summit Technology Academy, where a lot of those programs are putting kids in the field, they get internships. Is it is it similar? Are just kind of expanding the, access to more students? Is that really Yes, both. The pathway of of high school to any kind of training to employment, we have a great model with Summit Tech Academy, which we have 33 high schools in the region right. that send kids there. And so we that is exactly the model we're trying to do and replicate as we go out. Um, and U.S. Chamber actually has a, a great pathways model, and we're trying to lay one out with the Allied Health program that we have up to um, being employed uh, in hospitals and such trying to create this model of how you build a new pathway, and we're trying to line that out right now. It, it seems like, and I, and I could be reading it wrong, but it seems like, you know, if there's one complaint about the Summit Tech Academy is because there's 33 schools, not every kid from Lee Summit has that choice. And with these programs you're talking about, it almost gives more access throughout the district for more students. 100%, and, and we, we have work. Next bond issue, 2025, expanding that facility will be big. We... We are now out of room. Last year was the first year we didn't have an empty room. Victims of your own success. That's 100% right. <laughs> but we also want to send, and, and we know, you know, I've offered this to our, our administration for quite some time now. I would double the number of kids we send to Herndon. We have to pay for that. Or send to Cass uh, Career Center because we send to both. Getting kids interested in the, that work other than being on a keyboard, that's the challenge we have right now. Um, we'd love to have more kids in welding program or auto tech and auto collision and so on and so forth. And so getting kids to see that that's a possibility and as a pathway is, is an important piece. Well, you just mentioned the next bond issue. Yes. So is it, do we have do we have more issues coming? Are there some so some levy issues, some bond issues? Maybe maybe we're going to talk about in the two, future. Two different things. So I'll stick with the bond first. Uh, we're slated to have our next bond issue to be a no tax rate increase, be twenty twenty five bond issue. There were things that missed the list this last time. Um, some elementary buildings. 
the probably the most pressing would be Greenwood Elementary. Parts of it are from 1910. Right. Um, is, is tech- Which, by the way, you're not. If you ask anyone down there, you're not allowed to touch that part. You just have to. No, make it all and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but we also have there's rooms that have one or two plugins. And in today's technology world, that doesn't really work. No, you have 30 kids. They all need a laptop plug. And if we have them charge their laptop the night before. <laughs> and if we look at um, where we're growing, uh, you know, there's certain parts of our community we're growing. One of them is the southeast corner. And as southeast corner, that means Woodland uh, by demographers are saying, hey, that's going to be one of your three elementaries. It's going to be uh, really tight in the next 10 years. Well, I don't know if you guys know this. Most people uh, in Greenwood know it, though. The majority of Woodland Elementary live on the west side of Greenwood. That means the kids are getting on a bus and they drive past Greenwood Elementary and wave at it as they go on to Woodland Elementary. So during that renovation, if we could expand Greenwood, create a new entrance as well, because right now um, that's the only building we have. You immediately are met with steps and we have a lift, but we want to make it more welcoming. Um, And and so create a new entrance and create a, a bigger elementary. So then Woodland can take care of the growth happening in the southeast corner and Woodland can be, our Greenwood can be a Greenwood school. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a, so 2025 is the next one there. So we don't have to panic about another bond issue. But we do have something possibly this April. All right. Well, let's talk about April. All right. So uh, if you, August 4th, we had a work session and and I uh, I asked the, you know, the board of education to come along a journey with me and they did. So I, I, our salaries have, the base has been frozen. We get a step every year, but the salary base has been the same on all four of our salary schedules since 2019. And during that time, we've seen a couple districts really take some big leaps because they did something significantly different. So I said, we are in a good financial situation. The Teamly Summit, which is our group that recommends to the board what to do salary-wise, can probably put a little bit on the base and give a step this next year. But to do something significantly significant, we're going to do something significantly different. But it's the wrong time to ask for a tax increase. We have high inflation. We all feel it. I like to tease that, you know, my youngest is, is 10 years old. Her, She loves to bake, and her favorite muffin mix box last year was two ninety eight. Last month it was four ninety eight. We make a little fewer muffins in our house, and everyone's feeling that. So it's the wrong time for that. So I gave two options to the board that we could do, um, and immediately seven, all seven said, hey, we need to put something on the April ballot. Let's figure out which one of these two. So they've asked me to get feedback from Citizens Advisor Committee, Business Roundtable, and Teamly Summit. I now have that feedback, and we'll be delivering that to them here uh, pretty quick to the board. We've also talked to 40 of the – went out to a speak engagement series. I've talked to 40 groups, over 2,000 employees now as well, so they fully understand. So we we think we're going to have a, a, a an issue on the April ballot that would be a no-tax rate increase um, piece, of work, uh, piece that would give a significant raise to all 2,973 staff members. Well, that's excellent, excellent stuff. I, look, paying teachers more – Always seems like a good idea. Not just teach. I mean, this is all staff. All staff. All staff. staff. If I look at openings, we uh, we have about twenty uh, custodial openings. So if you guys need a nighttime job, they're almost all nighttime custodians. I'm not. We uh, have great benefits. For that. I can't even clean my own house. <laughs> we have about a dozen paraprofessional openings, and we have a few food service openings. So, and we have support staff openings because we're not competing just against other schools. We're competing with all the other employers too, and some of these employers are really up their game and how they pay. Well, and it, anecdotally, it seems like some of those positions are actually just huge shortages everywhere. Finding 100%. enough paras, finding enough bus drivers. Yes. Although, although I think I heard that that 
you were able to fill all those positions. We are in pretty good shape with bus drivers as long as we don't have illness run through. <laughs> right. A couple weeks ago, we well, had... good thing we don't we have a, some major pandemic virus well, that run through. A couple weeks ago, we had a bug run through, and, and it was pretty tight there for one morning. But we have uh, we throughout the entire pandemic, we have not missed bus routes. I know some of our neighboring districts... Do you districts. have your bus license so you can drive if need be? I, as as I mean, my kids like will tell you, I don't need to be driving a bus. I put a dent in my own cars. <laughs> that is not don't, my skill set. So, so, but fair. Know your limitations is no my limitations. So is is when you're looking at filling those positions, staff positions throughout is is salaries being able to increase that really your the the biggest tool you so, can do to try to compete against all the other. That's jobs? one of them, right? So benefits, we have the best benefits in the entire metro area for a school district, bar none. Um, but people don't think about benefits until you need them. Right. Uh, we well, have, and, they, and they, they don't look at the benefits line when they look at the number. They look no. at that first line, which is salary expectation, yes. right? There's, you know, the workforce environment, and that's what Team Lee Summit really works hard on, all right? So that's that's one of their big two pieces they work on. And the other one is salary. And and right now, because of high inflation for over a year, um, you know, salary is – Probably a bigger talking point than ever before for for community members. And what we have, so we're we're funded by local, state, and federal, right? Well, federal is about three to five percent per year for us. It's a very tiny part of our budget. Um, state continues to get smaller and smaller for us. Uh, I really do appreciate the governor talks about teacher salaries all the time. I really do, and I've told him this personally when he came to Summit Tech Academy last month. Um, but the truth is, the state foundation form is how we get paid. And it's averaging 0.6% growth over the last six years. Uh, inflation's more than that. Okay. Even even in low inflation time, inflation was much higher than that. And let alone this high inflation time. It doesn't keep up with just giving a step, a salary step, so let alone raising the base. So that puts more and more pressure on us locally uh, to keep up. All right. Well, we want to come. Uh, there was one more thing I think we wanted to at least uh, have a, a – sort of a touchback we we've talked a lot over the years about the district's equity work and and the plans and the you know so we we noticed that the uh the board on your recommendation renewed the contract to continue that work going forward and so one of the things i think that way back in the the original like when we first had the consultants there they, they talked very much about like it's hard to like give you an exact quantification of what the impact is. There's not always hard data in this work. But we're three years into that and we've kind of worked through these things. And I know that you've been, you know, you, you have stood behind that work and, and, and so what, I mean, so I guess what led you to do that recommendation for the board to approve? And then what, what are some of the outcomes maybe that you can share so that people can hear like, okay, this is a, this is where it's making the difference. Even if it's not in, you know, geometry scores specifically or something of that nature you bet so a couple things i'll add to that all right so uh, we had an equity plan that was approved in 2019 and the board is behind having an equity plan and and it being a focus that that has not changed it's whether you know do you have an outside vendor or not that's where the 5-2 vote was last time um, the current group we're working with is helping us get to kids before we were just adults at the adult level and we weren't getting to kids. And so now every single one of our buildings and departments has what we call a D team and a D team plans around what do we want to work on to help 
sense of belonging. So this building may be, you know, hey, support staff, we need to help with morale. We're going to focus on this group. might be, hey, we need to get students more involved and engaged. How can we do that? So each of the buildings are working on different things. Um, and that it's very much a site-based system. Before, it was bring in somebody to talk, and we all participate in small groups, um, and it wasn't ever getting to kids. And so we've, we've kind of flipped that model uh, if we do. And I will say, wherever I go, this is a topic I hear other organizations working on, whether you're talking about the city or the chamber or the U.S. chamber or private schools. Um, our private schools in our community, they're also talking about these things. I, you know, last, last year I can remember having uh, – at a Rotary meeting, Summit Christian Academy brought their kids on their diversity team and let us do an exercise that was pretty powerful. In fact, probably deeper than we've ever gotten to. Uh, so this is definitely a topic you hear everywhere. If I talk to Casey Rising and say, hey, what thing can we do to help attract businesses? The one thing is like, hey, make sure you work on diversity inclusion. And I, don't, I know I'm sidetracking on this. One of the things that uh, we shared at the legislative day we had earlier this week was where our demographics are now this year. And uh, some people came up and were shocked by the, the, some of the numbers I shared them. Uh, we're now 33.1% of our students are minority students. Just, you know, 20 years ago, it was 9%. But like three just years ago, it was like 25%. 20, that's what I was getting ready to tell you. When I got hired in January of 2020, it was just shy of 25%. And now it's 33.1%. And that number is going to keep, we have it. So if you look at the city, it's maybe 15%. But our younger people are more diverse when you, than, than our, than our you know, people my age and older, right? And so I, that's just going to continue. So it's, it's the right conversations to have. And we want everyone to feel like a sense of belonging, uh, make sure everyone has access. And then we keep doing data dives to see, you know, where do we have opportunities for improvement? If I look at IB courses, we're very representative in our IB courses. That's the most challenging curriculum in the world, and it's all over the world. Um, when I looked at gifted, it wasn't. So we've changed how we're uh, working our gifted program. So uh, it's more representative and it's already paying dividends. So that, this is the right conversation to have, but it also needs to be site-based because what's happening in one place is not happening in another. It, it, it's, it's very, it needs to be site-based. And we know that, that because of demographic, different schools have, have different, different issues. You keep using the, the, the term sense of belonging. Does that is that really what's driving the conversation? That's right a huge now, or piece. Conversations, you know. If you think back to you know the old uh, old research of are you in your brainstem? Can you really think critically? Right. If you don't feel a sense of belonging, you're going to go you're going to go a lot less. You know, a sense of hope is a very much an important piece, and so that's that's a huge piece for us. Yes, hundred percent. So what what data? Because I, I I feel like pushback that you get or that we hear out in the community on any time we have these conversations is that there's there's not data to support doing. So what data are you looking at? What 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 are the things that you can you can use to show, hey, this is a good thing for our district. So when we sit down with parents or kids, we get two different answers on what data they think we should use. <laughs> Usually parents are talking about access, access, access. What percent of kids are going in to get involved in X and Y and Z? And it's not just on race, by the way. That's free and reduced lunch. It's IEPs. It's, it's, it's many different uh, ways you can slice the bread there. Um, well, so that's what we hear with parents. And kids are more about you know that sense of belonging, that, uh, that feeling piece, right? And so we, we try to work on both areas. And if you want to see some of the ways we're looking at uh, some of the metrics. Actually, next board meeting is going to be a big topic of it. So uh, in the work session, so that, that is going to be that. a big. Look piece. at the. There's. See, I, we have multiple foreshadowings. You know what? I, I've never heard anybody tease, tease a school board meeting school before. Board, yeah. and, there. So, especially, hold on. In a good, good on you. 
in in a good way, right? As opposed to the tease, like, oh, there's going to be some people coming talking and what have you this time. So, no, I think that's excellent, and I'm glad that that's um, so. There's your there's your homework at least Summit, right? You can you can listen to the watch and listen to the board meeting. Um, to learn about some of these metrics and how you're measuring and what that progress is and what have you. So that's really excellent. Well, Dr. Buck, I appreciate you taking some time on a Friday. You, you got your Chiefs gear on Ready. for Red Friday, taking a little bit of time to, to leave the office and visit us here in our in our vault studio. Do we count as a building visit now? Can you tag that in? <laughs> I no. mean, we're childish. Oh, yeah, we are childish. <laughs> We are we are we are learners with challenge now, but I don't know that that we don't fall under the R seven uh, the R seven umbrella for education as much anymore. Well, thanks again for coming for coming out, giving giving uh, us and the, and the people of Lee Summit an update on what's going on. We we hit a ton of topics, I think a lot of things today, but but I think it's good good that you're out and talking to people. Sounds good, guys. Thank you for having me. Well, that'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time.